We've had a lot of special episodes. The Scotch one, the QAnon is fun one, and now, at long last, the selling out to Michigan one. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the alt-slender Michigan man, Kevin Greck, and the guy who desperately wants you to know that he turned down U of M, Alex Plum. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Plum, bachelor party. Bachelor party this weekend, boy. Bachelor party Eve episode. Oh my God, Uh, it is. Wow. mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. time next week, one of us will be dead. One of us will be dead, or and and or we won't. The three of us be friends anymore. So this could be really good. <laughs> One <especially>. can dream. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Uh, thank you, of course, everyone for listening. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on the platform formerly known as Twitter at Spartan underscore Pod. Um, gentlemen, it is a bit of a weird week. We're gonna go behind the green wall. And we've weirdly brought someone from the University of Michigan to discuss our Spartans. We've gone so far behind the green wall, we've hit the blue wall. Yes, we the blue wall. Right. Like, let's just yeah. stop here. Uh, we are then going to go off Grand River and maybe uh, we, we need to do a bit of a correction from last week. Uh, and then... Uh, well, farming, only a bit. Far- Farmington was visited at one point in time. Uh, then we're going to talk about the Pac-12, the ACC, and Gene Smith retiring before we take your Twitter questions. All right, with that. We have one more introduction. Yeah, We have one more introduction. Joining us now is Dan, a.k.a. Thick Stoskis from Twitter, who is writing a preview about our Michigan State Spartans for meetatmidfield.com, entitled Green and Spite. Uh, Dan, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, no, we, we talked a little bit before this and I uh, thought this would be a really fun episode. Thought that this would be something that would make uh, both like my Twitter followers and probably your podcast listeners very upset, which that's how you get engagement these days on X, um, formerly known <laughs> nice. as Twitter. So yeah, it's, it's getting, I, st- I haven't gotten used to calling it X. I don't know about you guys. I refuse. I've been calling it X for years now. Um, <laughs> no one knew what you were talking to about. It, it was way. very confusing. And no, I actually went to Elon with that. And he was like, brilliant idea. Let's go. And It uh, does feel like that's how you pitch something to Elon. Yes. Have you thought about going edgy, my man? <laughs> Let's go. And now here we are. I brought my, my business acumen to Twitter and now. <laughs> It's a huge success. <laughs> Everyone's very Everyone loves it. it. Yeah, everyone mm-hmm. loves it. It's it's universally rave reviews. Uh, Dan, uh, so look, um, we want to thank you for doing the work for us. Uh, as the years go by doing this podcast, um, the previews are always our favorite episode. Uh, so thank you, sir. Uh, but you said some unkind things about our, our Michigan State Spartans, and uh, some of only some of them, <laughs> only some of them. Uh, so I guess I I think would it be fair to say that you there's a there's sort of three large points to your article about uh, which we were fortunate enough to preview were uh, sort of assessing the talent of Michigan State, 
the execution by that talent and then the coaching uh, as it relates to, to both scheme and sort of historical performance of the coaches. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think my, my three main, I think when I, when I evaluate a, a program, you know, writ large, I think the main things you want to look at are talent, like just, which I think can be more or less boiled down to like how many recruiting stars you have. There's, there's nuance there, but when you're looking at a large scale, um, it is good to look at like, all right, like how heavily recruited were most of the recruits that, you know, make up this roster um, for which, you know, two, four, seven rankings are, are generally like a, a pretty good, you know, uh, indicator. Um, and then how is that talent being deployed? Um, in terms of just, I guess, like scheme, but then also like, how is it, how is it organized? How are, are, are players being, you know, put in the right roles? And then, um, how is that talent being developed over time? Um, so I think there's, there's a couple of points. I think there's a lot of good things Mel Tucker has done. There's a lot of things that he's improved upon over Mark D'Antonio. Um, namely like just getting more pure talent is, is undoubtedly something that he's done a better job at than Mark D'Antonio. Um, but I think that there are, there's things that are being left on the table. And I think that, again, the, the, th- the main thrust of my article is that when you're a program like Michigan State that is competing with what are now going to be, you know, four or five national powers at any given point in the Big Ten um, starting next year, basically, uh, th- there's really no room to leave things on the table. You have to make the most out of everything in order to, you know, compete with teams that are ultimately going to probably have a little bit more talent than you on a year to year basis. My favorite thing that you just said there, by the way, is uh, the four to five, because it really implied that Penn state, despite their own aspirations is not actually one of those powers. Um, So, uh, so let's, let's start with the, um, let's start with the bad, like, I mean, but, but how, where, where will you find it after last year's season? (laughs) I got to say it was really tough to, it was tough to pick nits. I think with Michigan state's defense last year, there was, it was, I was really being a stickler. Um, No. uh, So I guess where I would start is the the most obvious problem last year was, I guess when I think one of the one driver that I identified was the fact that Michigan state was really terrible on, uh, st- at stopping the pass, but specifically on standard down. So, and that's standard down anytime that's it's uh, first and 10 or second and um, six or less, meaning like, you know, basically you can either run or pass. Like you could conceivably, you know, you have the whole playbook open to you. And anytime um, Michigan State's opponents were in that position on offense, uh, they, they had an absurd success rate. They averaged like, I think almost 10 yards per pass. Um, and that's yards per pass attempt, not yards per like completion. So really, really bad in survival, like that is unsurvivable for, uh, you know, any defense to, to have those kind of numbers. Um, and I think a lot of it did boil down to just not really having enough talent, which I don't think is totally on the coaches to this point in their tenure. Um, they're relying on a lot of transfers, a lot of transfers that really didn't pan out, whether that was a mere speed or um, Chester Kimbrough, or uh, you know some older D'Antonio recruits, or kind of like borderline recruits like Chuck Brantley or um, Angelo Gross that just don't really have the athleticism to to match up against some of the better receivers um, in in the Big Ten and, and against Washington as well. Um, so you know that that was one of the main drivers, and I felt that 
you know, that's something where I think to his credit, Mel Tucker is at least trying to make a major difference in like he has brought in a lot of good uh, four star talent at safety specifically, whether that's Dylan Tatum, um, Jaden Mangum. And uh, I think Malik Spencer was not a four star, but like is, is definitely going to be a good player. I, I like him a lot. Um, so there, there's good talent being brought in. I think at corner, there has not been as much of that talent. Like it's tough to get good corners. Those are, that's a premium recruiting position that a lot of, you know, they're going to get snapped up by the blue bloods. Even Michigan most years is not able to get like top, uh, you know, hundred or 150 corners. Like it's, it's really tough to get those guys. But I think that there has to be like, whatever's being done with Michigan state at NIL, like with NIL has to be like focused on those positions of, uh, of premium and, and getting those cover guys that are going to be able to match up with, again, like some of the prolific passing offenses that are going to be coming to the big 10. I mean, you're going to have Ohio state, you're going to have Washington, you're going to have Penn state. Um, Michigan doesn't know what receivers are. So you guys are actually good there. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, like, there's going to be a lot of good talent in this league and there's really no substitute for just having fast corners that can match up one-on-one. Um, or like not, you know, not having that, at least having like a, I don't know, then you, if, if you don't have that, you really have to like really major in playing zone defense and confusing quarterbacks, which, um, is kind of another point that we can get to here, uh, that I, I don't think Scotty Hazleton is necessarily the man for, for that type of defense. Yeah. Before, before we get to that and we, everyone on this podcast wants their chance to tee off on Scotty Hazleton. <laughs> Or defend. Um, or defend, Michael. I know you're over there chomping at the bit to lick Scotty Hazelton's million dollar boots. Um, you really give it to Mr. Angelo Gross uh, in this piece. I don't know. I don't know if his mom's paying, you know, $13 a month to meet at midfield, but I think she might be canceling that subscription uh, after she reads. I, I think this. That, that, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I don't, I actually, I felt bad about that. And I think I might edit that out of the final story, but I do not, do not, I did not mean to be so harsh on him. I actually like Angelo Gross as a player. I do not like the positions that he was put in last year on this yeah. defense. He was asked to man up on slot receivers that were yeah. much, much faster than him way too often. And you just can't, I mean, I saw this with a lot of good Michigan safeties, um, in the earlier Harbaugh years where, you know, we'd put like, like Josh Metellus. I don't know if, if you remember that name at all, but like we'd always have him man up on slot receivers and you'd see it pre-snap and just be like, that's not going to work, man. Like that mm-hmm. the guy lined up across from him is much faster than him. Like why are we, put, you know, he was a good tackler. Like just like I think Angelo Gross, Gross, a really good tackler, really good run support player a guy that can come up and, you know, fill holes from the secondary, which is a valuable piece to have, but he's being asked to go out there and cover like uh, Jalen Polk uh, from Washington, who's going to be a first round receiver. Like that's only going to go one way. Um, and you can't expect him to do that. Like you need to know your, that, and that's kind of another point that I get to later in the article that I think Scotty Hazleton needs to be aware of his personnel shortcomings uh, a lot more than he currently is. If you're well, a, if, oh, Go ahead. Finish your question. Yeah. Well, so if, if, Dan, if you're a, a Michigan State fan, um, would you be concerned then that Dylan Tatum is playing corner? Uh, I mean, Tatum said himself that his ticket to the league is not at corner. Um, and him being out there probably is a testament to a lack of depth 
uh, despite the number of dudes in the room, but that he's winning that job? So I, to answer your question, and I want to, again, preface this by, I don't want to come across as like being just overly, overly harsh. Um, but I, I want to like, yeah, I like Tatum and I wanted Tatum to go to Michigan. Quite frankly, I was, I was bummed that we didn't get him. And that was a really great head, head recruiting win, um, for Mel Tucker and staff. Uh, would I be worried? I would not want him to be playing true corner on my defense. Um, that is a safety. He almost looks like a running back a lot of the time out there. Like maybe even a linebacker, like he's a big dude. Um, if he's your, I would be, that, that is a little bit of a red flag to me that if he's, if they feel like he's their best option, but then again, maybe it's a, just try to get all, you know, your best four on the field. And maybe that includes Dylan Tatum. Um, I wouldn't be, I don't know. It's not like a catastrophic thing. We don't know enough about him to know if he's like a terrible corner yet. Uh, would I be a little bit worried? Yeah, I would be a little bit worried. Yeah. Hmm. Um, no, not at all. I, I was going to say, I wanted to, well, I, to, in fairness to you, I mean, I think the phrasing that you had for Angela Gross, which I thought was great, was he is not a playable Big Ten starter. Uh, he hits hard and tackles well in space, but in coverage, he's a traffic cone. And <laughs> I think I think to that, which not only is quality writing, but is, uh, to your point, it, it is the issue with the coaching staff this year. What I love about some of your thinking in this was the cleverness with which you point uh, to who exactly was coaching the secondary uh, when last year's fall camp opened. And uh, it wasn't Scotty Hazleton. Um, and why and how Tucker's involvement in this has given way to the addition this year of, uh, who is it, Salgado? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wonder if you might opine for a second on this. Uh, I am in your camp. Uh, which is to say that Hazleton is not the guy for the program. In fact, I'll go so far as to say Scotty Hazleton is not a Division I uh, P5 uh, quality uh, defensive coordinator. I mean, I, he was mid at wherever North Dakota, and and he has failed up and consistently. Uh, maybe it's the facial hair. Who can blame him? Yeah, I mean, um, who can blame anyone? It's, it's, it's a good at beard. At that point, it's a good beard. But he there's needs not that to evade the facial recognition at the <laughs> at the yes. Capitol building. Where yeah. was he at January sixth? <laughs> yeah, that's only people have questions. Yep, serious questions. So I don't know. I think, I mean, uh, you can't pin your hopes on any one guy. And maybe Salgado does great. Maybe he doesn't. But at the end of the day, Hazelton is the one, as you point out, making one point one million dollars this season. And fuck all the show for it. So I don't know. I, I, yeah, you just want to so- expound on some of that. Yeah. So, I mean, here's my thing, right? Um, I'm very sympathetic to the fact that Mark D'Antonio really left the covered bear here. Um, I think if you, and I think it's, it's always possible that someone just is all of a sudden a lot better as a coordinator um, from year to year uh, and just things work out and get better. That is always, always on the table. I mean, I famously was ready to kick Harb out of the curb uh, before the 2021 season. I was so sure that everything was going to go so, so poorly and it was going to be a disaster and I wanted him gone. Um, And uh, it turned out I was the most wrong I've ever been and um, pretty okay with it generally. Uh, But for, for Hazleton, I think like if you look at his history as a coordinator, you've got, he was a defensive coordinator at North, North Dakota state where he did pretty well. North Dakota state's a powerhouse. That's like being defense coordinator in Georgia, right? Like I don't, not to minimize it, but I'm sorry. Like that just doesn't move move the the needle for me. He then 
went to Nevada where he was really bad, got fired, uh, stint, at, stint for the Jaguars as a, as a linebackers coach. Um, then got a shot as uh, Craig Bowles defensive coordinator at Wyoming, where they did make a legitimately great turnaround from the, the year before he was there to the year that he got there. I think they went from like one in like triple digits in SP plus to like, uh, like 30th or something like that. So that's his one major positive on his resume. And, and just then, real quick, Dan, for listeners who may not know, SP Plus is sort of like the Ken Palm of, of football. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry. It, it, no, no, no. It's all right. We just, uh, just we're, we're trying to get ourselves back into football form. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so basically he, he had a really good turnaround in Wyoming. And then he went to Kansas State where he had like, it was just basically, I don't know, he, they, they went up like 10 spots in SP Plus. It was a fine year. It was nothing really to write home about, in my opinion. And then since he's been at Michigan State, it's been... You know, they look, look, say what you want about Mark D'Antonio, but this uh, was a perennial top 15 defense under, under D'Antonio and, uh, and Narduzzi. And then I guess Trestle, um, and his first year, 2020, they were actually still really good, um, per all the advanced metrics, uh, which, uh, noticeably was the year that he did not have time probably to put his entire scheme in. Um, and then they fell off a cliff from 20 to 21. They went from like 12th to 40th. And then they fell even further off that cliff, off that cliff from 21 to 22, all the way down to 80th. And look, I know there's not a lot of uh, talent here. Or I'm, I'm not going to say not a lot of talent because there is a lot of talent. And that's it's selling Michigan Stage sort to, to pretend that there's not a lot of talent on the roster. I know that there's less talent that there should be, but I'm sorry, 80th. And, and for just how bad specifically the past defense has been, two years running here with basically no signs of improvement. and. Honestly, I think it might be another rough year this year. I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Like, there's there's coordinators out there. Like, look at Illinois, right? Like, they they don't have four stars and five stars coming out their ass, but like they put together a really good defense last year, um, and they're probably gonna have another pretty good one this year. There's there's a lot of coordinators in the country that aren't being paid one point one million dollars that could, that are doing more with less than what Scotty Azelton's doing. And I, I I agree with Plum. Like, I just don't. I guess it's like if you're trying to sell me on Scotty Hazelton, I don't know what you're selling me. Mm. If I may, for Scotty Hazelton, for just a moment, uh, I listened to his, uh, you know, availability with the press this week, and he spent a good deal of time talking about the guys up front and not just the skill there, because getting back to recruiting, you know, you're a U of M fan. So we got to talk about that. That's where most of the defensive side talent comes from, but also just getting those guys back, getting them in the rotation, getting the development and how important that is for performance in the secondary. He emphasized that a number of times, uh, in his, in, in his availability that that really sets the tone. Mm. Um, anything you, you do, a great job in here kind of outlining those new guys, that new talent that they're adding in and kind of what they're getting back. Anything that you would say on that subject? Yeah. So I think, I think this, this front seven has a, has a chance to be pretty good. Um, I think I really like the talent that they brought in, in the 20, uh, the 20, the 21 class to a lesser extent, but the 22, um, the edges, uh, I think Jalen Thompson, Andrew, uh, to is that how they say it? I don't Depape. Depape. Is it Depape, actually? Okay, Depape. It is actually Depape, um, but Depape is what we'll go with from here on yeah, out. Yeah, it's much better. You got to change it. You got you to have some zip to your name when you come to the Big Ten. Um, uh, Andrew Depape and, uh, and and by Job, 
who sounds like is, is an absolute stud. So I like those guys they brought in. Um, will they be ready to be like difference makers this year? Probably not, but like depth pieces, uh, situational pass rushers, like th- that's absolutely within the realm of possibility for, for, for freshmen, you know, freshmen defensive linemen are coming in um, more and more ready to play these days, uh, which is, which is good news. Um, I do, I do. And I think this was another part of like the standard downs passing. They Michigan state really, really struggled to rush the passer to generate um, organic pass rush on standard downs when they weren't able to blitz. So like, I think they had like two sacks all year on, uh, you know, a standard down and that you have it like in here, a, two sacks on 84 dropbacks, two points. Yeah. With no not ideal, not ideal. And I think both of those might've been against, um, I think two sacks and 84 dropbacks versus like good offenses, I think was general, like versus offenses that were in like the top 50 of SP plus, but regardless, it was really bad. They were not getting, they were not getting pressure. And I think, Michigan State bringing all those guys back. They're going to have good depth. Um, I'm not sure how many of those guys are like surefire NFL players, but I think there's a lot of good, good Big Ten players, like uh, you know, all Big Ten level players um, that are definitely going to be good run stoppers. And I can see Michigan State being really stout against the run this year, which would be an awesome start to get back to where like you know they've been historically. I do still worry about the pass rush and. I do still worry about the secondary, honestly. Like they, they had a good pass rush in 2021, and it didn't matter much because they just could not stay attached to anyone in coverage. So again, I think there's certainly room to go up. There's a hundred percent room to go up, and I'm not saying like it's just doom and gloom hundred percent. I think there are just still a lot of question marks. I think even if a lot of those question marks get answered with good players, young, promising players, I think there is a huge question mark at defensive coordinator, which is, which is going to matter, you know, like it's even if everything else hits. Can uh, I'm curious though, a lot of the fan base for us, and this is just a bit of a personal pet peeve um, complains about the four two five alignment. Oh yeah. That's stupid. Thank you. All right. That's all I needed to hear. It's, it's, it's how it's deployed. That's problematic. It's not the alignment. Yes. Every, 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 uh, yeah. You talk about running a base. You can literally say like here, if, if you're a Michigan state fan, that's, um, worried about the fact that like you run a four, two, five versus a four, three, let me just end that right now. Michigan state runs a four, three. You can just pretend they run a four, three in your mind. It's the exact same thing. Michigan quote runs a quote unquote, Three four. They are never in an actual three four. They are always in a four two five because that's you play defense out of the nickel in today's college football, right? Like you always have five defensive backs on the field because the offense always has uh, three wide receivers on the field. The only time you're ever in a like four three or three four, quote unquote, would be um, if you're playing you know, Michigan. It, yeah, if if you're playing Michigan, who famously does not know what wide receivers are, um, and yeah, so it's it's it, that that's not really the problem. It's Every every defensive coordinator in the country runs a base four two five more or less. Um, it's it's the the problem is again like the deployment of players, the talent, and I think, and I think too, and I think just the general coordination. Like I I saw a lot of like breakdowns in coverage last year that just felt like things that shouldn't be happening um, to like you know third and fourth year players. And again, I think that does go back to the coaches. Yeah, at some point, I mean, as much as I'm willing to indulge the notion that Scotty Hazleton could turn things around, like the number of blown assignments, uh, dude's just running in the wrong direction, uh, mm-hmm. is startling. And that's that's teaching. 
Yeah. And, and I think that really came to, you know, when we're talking about standard downs passing, a lot of this was against play action and you would just see like linebackers totally buying, you know, play fakes that weren't, I don't know. It's, it's just, you'd see safeties that were biting on things they had no, um, no business biting on. I think it, the, the play that I highlighted in the article was against Washington. Um, I think it was like that log 65 yard touchdown, uh, where Jalen Polk, um, you know, burned Angelo Gross, uh, and again, not to pick on pick on Angelo Gross, like it's unfair for him to put, be put in that situation. But you basically saw like they were in like a heavy, uh, they were in a heavy run formation and ran play action out of it, and uh, the deep like free safety, I think it was Kendall Brooks, just steps up into the run for no reason. Like he has no run responsibility on that play. You're you're the deep safety. You are not. You're basically you know. You're there to tackle as the last line of defense. You, there's no reason for you to be taking a step forward at the snap. And that's just something where it's like, man, that guy's been in the program for like two years now. Why is he doing that? Why, why does he not know what his responsibility is on cover one or cover three? You know, um, So it's stuff like that where I, when I see things like that, and you can say like, oh, well, that's a mental breakdown. It's like, okay, well, it's your job as a defensive coordinator to drill your players to not have those mental breakdowns. You know, like it's that's that's on you and if you're and if they are having those mental breakdowns why are they on the field and that's where you can get back to like okay maybe it's depth maybe it's injuries whatever um it's it's a little bit of both there's some things that are outside of scotty's control and some things that aren't but i think there's enough there's a preponderance of evidence i would say that suggests that he's not quite up to the job uh before we chat about offense for a a minute i'm just uh i'm super curious if if you're a michigan state fan like what are you looking for? What do you, what should you expect to be good? And then what are you looking for to say, okay, things are trending the right way. Like maybe it's not good, but we're, it's moving. Yeah. I would say like, I I would want to see a pulse against pass uh, against the pass. Right. Like Mm. that just means like being in contact with receivers, like no more, I think that a lot of time I, I would I would look to like what Michigan's done against Ohio State the last couple of years where Ohio State has passed the ball a lot and like had a lot of success and like put up a lot of good numbers. But Michigan will tackle after a first down and it's like, OK, cool. First and 10. But like we're going to make you drive the field. You know, we're not going to give up the 60 yard play. We're not going to turn this 10 yard gain into like a 25 yard gain. You know, we're not by by just missing a tackle on an explosive playmaker. Um I think like Michigan State just I want to see these young defensive backs be in, you know, at least in the vicinity of receivers, um, you know, competing hard, being a little bit more physical, knowing where they're supposed to be, like just not giving up the easy like 50 yard touchdown. Um, And then I think like I do think there's enough there in the front seven that if Michigan State doesn't have a really, really um, competent and, and honestly outright good rush defense at the very least then we need to start asking questions because there's enough there that it just it can can, the excuse cannot be death again this year yeah one one final thing before we move on uh you mentioned rush defense you also mentioned all big 10 talent uh there is one guy who you only reference once in your piece and it's specific to that one play who you know was all all defense, uh, uh, all Big Ten weekly defense twice. Uh, he wasn't available all year because actions do have consequences in some programs in the Big Ten. It's I know you 
probably don't fully understand that, but yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Jacoby Windeman uh, will be back uh, and presumably playing the full season. Uh, what can we expect from him? You know, just give us like some, you know, what do you like about his game? Maybe what you admire about him as a man? Um, you know, those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the right I, I, what, what I admire about him as a man, honestly, and by the way, I think uh, I think his his involvement in the tunnel scuffle was uh, I think well, it was tangential at best, right? So I actually don't hold much against him. Um, uh, I think was it was it not? I don't know if I I, I haven't watched that video in at least a couple of I think he's hours. accused of, of <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's okay. Good. Um no no. I, I think um I like I like his his versatility. Um I think he's a really I think he was a good pass rusher that once the book got out on him last year and they realized that he was just kind of a one trick pony in terms of like just having a speed rush. Um, it, it, big 10 tackles really kind of put him away. And then, and then there was, and then like depth got so bad that he had to be moved to linebacker. And when you're making a mid season switch from, from defensive line to linebacker, that's just a really tough thing for anybody to do. It was actually um, the other way around. Opposite. Depth was so bad that he had to be defensive end to start the season. But then he moved he back, should, right? Yeah, well, they yeah. got some guys back. Uh, but yes, it was it was not ideal for J- our, our guy Jacoby. Yeah, so I think I think he's a t- like I think that he should be with an off season of fully dedicated to being a linebacker, which I think is what they're trying to do, right? I, I don't think they're trying mm-hmm. to move him back to edge. Um, hopefully, he loses a couple pounds and is able to be more agile in coverage um, and then can be brought in as a like situational pass rusher on those third and long situations where he can be lethal. I think when he was asked to be a standard down defensive end last year, he would just like teams would just run at him and he would get bodied because he just wasn't big enough to be a defensive end. Um, So if he can really be used as like just a playmaker at the second level and a passing down pass rusher, um, he he can be really good. So that is probably someone I overlooked in, in my writing. And I think that because he didn't have a ton of sack, I don't think he had a sack in big 10 play last year. So I think there's he's being written off a little bit, but the the, the ability is there. Um, I think for him to be like a, a really disruptive player, I think it's just a matter of like them having the depth to be able to play him where he he really belongs. You know, I think the uh, yeah, and hopefully too. I mean, guys like Simeon Barrow, who I th- I think everyone suspects is going to get drafted. Um, like I know, like Nick Baumgartner is really high high on him. Uh, the staff seems super high on him, but the the ability to like take a play off every now and again would be nice for dudes on the line this year. Um, yeah, it's critical. Uh, it's you need you need that your third and fourth defensive tackles are just as important as your first and second because those guys are you know they're taking they're three hundred pound dudes that are taking double teams every play. Like they can't play all game. Um, I couldn't play all game at you know two hundred pounds. Like it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's really, really hard. Uh, yeah, it, it, I, I'm optimistic that at least we'll be a little bit better at the run this year. Let's, let's switch sides of the ball and, and, uh, just, can you give folks, cause it really, um, I don't want to promote Dan too much, but he put a lot of good words into reviewing Michigan state and there are only a few smug passive aggressive jabs. Um, <laughs> so it is worth a read. What are you, what are you looking at for the offense? Yeah, so for me, I think um, the offense, I I, I kind of have a little bit of the same. Uh, I, I understand you guys are, are pretty harsh critics of Jay Johnson, right? Like, you guys are not huge Johnson fans. 
I mean, show me you can do something without Kenneth Walker, and then we'll talk. I could have won with Kenneth Walker. My understanding yeah. is at least one of us is a big Johnson fan, but I'm not sure about. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I can't even be upset at that. Uh, I, I honestly, as soon as that came out of my mouth, I realized that I set something like that up. Um, and being the guest on the on the podcast, I you I was hoping that didn't happen. Own, but the, least, yeah. <laughs> the least that you could do. Oh God! All right, uh, my bad. Um, but yeah, so I I guess I have the same questions. Really, you know, again, it's like this guy's making a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. That's and by the way, I think that's an important part. I, I want a quick digression. Like me pointing out these guys making a million dollars. I don't give a fuck, and Michigan State fans shouldn't give a fuck. Right? I, I, can you guys curse? I'm sorry if you have to beat that out or something. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. no, no. Okay, good. We thought you uh, listened. Yeah, yes. let him rip. <laughs> um, like, I, I do not care how much money they make. It's not my money. I, you know, like, pay them whatever you want, right? But that's an important point because Michigan's – there's a lot of coordinators, a lot of good coordinators in this country that – would love to make a million dollars. And I think Michigan state can afford better at these positions, right? Like that's a critical component of what I'm saying. Michigan state has shown the, um, the, the propensity to like spend money on football, which is huge. Like that's, that's something that honestly I wish Michigan would show more of sometimes. Like we, we tend to cheap out on a lot of coaches. Um, and I'm not so much now that we've like, but it took like two big 10 titles in a row for them to start paying quarters what they were worth, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but you, you know, it's like little little smog. Right? Oh, it, we we just did too much winning. Look, it's been pretty good. Um, but yeah, I know. So, so back to James. I'm Johnson. glad we've experienced it on this side. We're just glad yeah. that we're you happy. You can join the club. Long last. Yeah, no, absolutely. It as well. It's it, it's nice. It's a Indi- it, I, They finally let me in Indi- Indianapolis. Um, it was a long time coming. Uh, but Listen, the the third trip to the Big Ten Championship is truly the best one, and okay. we, we can't wait until you. All <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I as, as far as Jay Johnson goes, though, like. I have the same question, right? Like, what is, what's his resume? Like, what, what exactly am I pointing out that it's like, this guy is, um, I mean, yeah, no, as a Michigan grad, like I'm always pointing to my own resume. So like, it's, it's <laughs> what is, what is, what is Jay Johnson's resume? Like, what is, what are we pointing out that he's like, you know, worth what he's being paid um, and wouldn't, you know, couldn't be easily improved upon by like a, you know, a young um, or maybe not even young, but just like a, a more exciting and forward thinking offensive coordinator. I don't, to- I don't hate his scheme. I think like a lot of his, his plays make sense together. Um, I think like he's got a very zone focused running scheme. He seems to know what he wants to do in the run game. He think he seems to really want to be balanced. Um, a lot of his specialty plays, like anytime he really gets to draw something up on a napkin, like you, you saw some really good stuff. I thought he had, a, in 2021, I thought he called a masterful game against Michigan. He really caught that defense flat-footed um, in a way that they really weren't the rest of the year. I mean, they, they just, they called really great high-leverage plays in, in, in big moments. Um, so he's had his good games, but it's like, I, I do just see a lot of like, it's weird, but I see a lot of receivers in the exact same area a lot of the time. Like I, I see like a lot of uh, a lot of disorganization on the offensive line. Um, they really struggled to to get push in in, or they struggled to like convert on short yardage this year. Um, there's there's red flags, and I guess I don't have I do I'm not as down on him as I am on Scotty Hazelton. I think there's a chance that he could be good. Um, I do worry this year because. I felt like a lot of the success that he had in 2021 was a Kenneth Walker, 
generational, you know, talent, but B, like he threw they you guys throw the ball up to Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman like a ton. You know, that was like the main play this year. Um, <laughs> and both those guys are gone. And this seems to be an offense where it's like, hey, let's go just go make our uh go let our playmakers make plays. And I don't know like who the playmakers are on this offense. I I like Trey Mosley. I think he's a good player. Um, I think Malik Carr is interesting. He doesn't want to block, so like I don't know what if he can really be called like a matchup problem yet. They're saying um, that's improved for whatever it's worth. Like, yeah, right. I mean, I, they I, didn't say I, that I, last year about him. It, it would have to. I, I, I have to say, like, I guess I get like mad as a football guy when I see a tight end that won't block. Um, and he was really bad last year, so that was something that made me viscerally mad just as a fan. Um, but yeah, if that's better, like that's good. He's, he's a, he's definitely like a freak athlete. Um, and then it's like, all right, you know, I think, I think Nate Carter was a good pickup in the transfer portal. I think Jalen Berger is like pretty good. I don't know. He's kind of just a guy. Um, and then there's just, there's a lot of question marks. Like who's, you know, are we going to, is quarterback play going to be improved? Like this offense is just full. This offense in the upcoming year is just full of a lot of question marks and a lot of the more talented recruits that they brought in are gone now. Like I think, you know, Jeremy Bernard ended up going back to Washington. Um, I don't know. It's, it's there, there's a, I think there's a little bit of a dearth of playmakers right now in an offense that really has relied on playmakers the last two years. It, it I seems can't like believe you're saying all that about Montori Foster and Jaron Glover and, <laughs> and, and Sebastian Brown. Who, I mean, come on. I, I think, I think Where's some of those guys Sebastian could be good, Brown but preview? you gotta, yeah, no, I, I think that you're right. I think that some of those guys, I like some of the, the prospects that have been brought in, but it's a lot of unknown right now. You know, I mean, it's a lot of unknown. It is. It is. It, it feels like maybe it's fair to say that it's a, in some ways you should see that both coordinators prove their worth this year. Because Jay yep. Johnson also should be able to demonstrate, even if it's not winning, that his scheme can adapt to the the personnel that he has, um, and that that maybe Michigan State fans, I think this is where we are, are looking less at wins and losses and more quality of competition. As, yeah, like I think I think Michigan State could have a very successful like, I mean six and six, I think genuinely would be. I hate to be like, this sounds like I'm being a dick, but. I think six and six would be a really good season, right? Like this is an incredibly hard schedule, um, which I don't know why the you guys do that to yourself. Brutal. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you can just schedule easy opponents. It's really, uh, it's, it's not you hard. You don't even to do. have to leave the state. Yeah. No, <laughs> why it's, would you it's, foolishly do something like nobody, that? Nobody can make you. They're not going to come to your house with a gun and make you schedule a top 10 non-conference opponent. Um, can it's you really imagine not do it. the NCAA saying you need to sit out those four games and you being too much of a dick to just say, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what uh, I, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Maybe we can at the end, but it's a whole thing. Very, very bizarre. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's I, I'm I'm of the general opinion that this will be Jim Harbaugh's last year in Ann Arbor. Uh, but really, it, I, I am. Expound yeah, I upon that, please. Well, again, this might be getting off topic. I just don't see. I think he very clearly wants to be in the NFL. Like he's he's wanted to interview the last couple of years. Um, I have just it on because good. he went to Minnesota with a U-Haul truck and all of his stuff <laughs> and, and took his favorite kids with him and left the rest of them at home. Um, what makes you say that? Yeah, I mean, my girlfriend's just on a two-month uh, Hawaii vacation with her yoga instructor. I don't know what's so <laughs> weird about that. She's not cheating on me. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, 
Hopefully not in Maui. Oh, Ooh. sad on sad. Ooh. Why? <laughs> Double whammy. That was unnecessary. Sorry. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's tough. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I, I, I guess. Why do I think that? Because yeah, I think he clearly wants to be in the NFL. I think he's kind of fed up with like. I don't know. This is going to sound very Michigan man of me, but like there has not been the institutional support for like NIL that um, I would want. Right. Like I'm very much like just pay the players like we should be doing. And, and Michigan's doing like a lot of that and they're getting better. But I think he's kind of like he gets really annoyed that I think that he we can't really get the types of recruits that we would want to be able to like actually compete year in and year out for national titles. So I sort of see hit this as like his last year to really compete for a national title and win or like it, whether they do it or not. I just kind of feel like he's out after this. I think I think he wants to win a Super Bowl. I think he sees this as like his last good shot to jump to the NFL and do it. Um, I don't know. This It's just the vibe that I get. And, and the fact that they postponed this punishment, like I could see them giving him a show cause in 2024 and him just saying, nah, fuck off. I'm going to the NFL. Yeah, you're saying he's intentionally kicking this can down the road because he doesn't anticipate yes. it will ever. And, and I'm curious about this. We haven't had someone with your profile on the podcast before. Are you? Are they you, prefer pedigree. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't read. Or yeah, write, an so. Italian. Yeah, you've never had a, an Italian on the podcast before. Uh, are you saying that Michigan lacks the institutional sort of push in an IL? Uh, to compete in the long term, is there more to college football now than just walking kids past Shen Beckler Hall and saying, "Look, you can do whatever you want here. There are no consequences," and they just sign up? Like there's there's more to it than that. And you expect that Michigan will kind of regress? Well, from I mean, here? look, it's 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 a it's a forty year decision, not a four year decision. A lot, most of the kids are there for the education, obviously. Um, but, oh, wow. uh, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's kidding. what you trash can no, no, no. vomit was, for a second. Yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That, I'm kidding. I mean, that, <laughs> that is what he, he told us when he was at Stanford, right? That was, that was his. Yes. Point. Yep. Yeah. No, that, that would be the pitch you'd make at Stanford or Stanford. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he, he, he famously made fun of, uh, Michigan's admission standards when he was at Stanford. Um, so, which is ironic, obviously, but yeah, no, uh, this is, I, I would say, it's weird, right? So, like, Michigan obviously has always paid players to a certain extent. Um, not to the extent that, and I and I've I've had like friends that are pretty close to the program, and like I I do know a little bit. I've done like my own research on this stuff. Like, not to the extent that like Ohio State has, like, and you would see that in recruiting, right? Like, we have Michigan always recruits at like a top ten to fifteen level, and we but we never really get up into those top fives except for those like really rare cases and when we land like a like a real like top 10 recruit like that's a big deal where it's where it's not at a place like alabama or ohio state or um you know georgia like the 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 true blue bloods of blue blood recruiting and i think michigan can continue to recruit at that like very good top 10 to 15 level pretty much indefinitely um just by virtue of like, not all those kids are getting huge, like, you know, six figure deals to just sign with a school and Michigan will continue to be a high profile program where you can just make actual NIL money, right? Like not pay for play. So if you're the starting quarterback at Michigan, like I think JJ McCarthy is doing pretty good on NIL, you know, and so is Blake Corum. And so is most of the stars on the team. And a lot of those guys are getting deals that are just 
basically booster salaries. Um, we're, we're doing a good job paying players that are on the roster. Uh, but in terms of like, you, you will see, like we have lost several recruitments in a row now um, to schools that will just pay upfront for recruits. Uh, and it seems that that's not something we want to do. And they, it, part of the reason is that a lot of the booster base is the, 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 the athletic department wants them to give money to the school. And if that money goes to NIL and collectives rather than the school, then that means that our, you know, bloated administrative salaries and, and fancy, you know, crystal football buildings don't get, you know, refurbished every two years. Um, and so it's kind of a fight over resources where a lot of schools like, you know, Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State have had this infrastructure of like boosters paying players on the table for years. And what they've done with NIL is effectively just like, um, I don't know, you know, like they've just, they've just made it legal, right? They've just made it up front. And we don't, again, has Michigan paid players? 100%. I am not saying Michigan's a clean program, but we have never, yeah, there was, yeah, there was that whole thing. Right. Um, but like there's not, you know, we have never had like, uh, we do not have like an, like a, a network of boosters that are like, you know, doing the, the Tennessee style, just like, mcdonald's bags of of cash type thing which uh, to be clear i want to be clear i wish we did um it's just something that i want to happen very like tomorrow i want to be giving the players money to go to michigan because i you know it's it's about winning you should want to win football games if, if you're a fan of this stuff so anyway it's I, I think it's a long spiel I figured that's why you were writing for meet at midfield kind of just move <laughs> all of that cash directly. Into oh yeah. The program. All of, all of that, uh, all of that cash directly into, I mean, again, like I said, it's a joint venture between me and Ohio state. So we or me and an Ohio state fan. So we have to, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's split evenly down the middle. Um, they seem to be doing a lot better with it than we are. Uh, uh, anyway, Dan, last question though, on, on this topic, cause it's it kind of got sort of interesting there. The, the, not that it wasn't before, but the, this sort of ethos of college football is, is fascinating to, I think, all of us. And one of the things that we've talked about is that the, the we, I mean, we also like winning. Um, you will also feel that when you go to your third Big Ten championship. But the, the, the feeling of, of attachment to your school, like you went there, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's a pride in having gone there and that it's, and so when these kids pick you, pick your school there's there's a piece of you i think or uh, for many fans anyway that connects back to them right it's about picking the place that you went to for reasons that relate to your school and the resources it built up does the idea that you just want to give money to go there change that in any way for you and it, it and we're also pro paying players but like i'm curious if that uh that that nostalgia that sentimentality means anything to you or is it are you just sort of like kill it just win yeah so here's what i would say does it change it yes i think that there i think that but i think that like there was a romanticism when i was like when i was going to michigan you know not that long ago um that like i felt like man like that's you know, like when you're a kid and like when you're, when you're falling in love with a school and like you go there and it's just like, I mean, you know, I'm sure you guys have similar feelings about Michigan state, right? Like you're just like, man, why would anyone ever want to go anywhere besides this? You know, if you really love your school. Um, and there is that feeling that like, yeah, the recruits are coming here because they love this school. 
And then, you know, like you do just like you become more jaded as you get older and like, you know, what, why decisions are being made. And I think also like you open your eyes to the fact that a lot of these kids are coming from very different backgrounds than I am that like, I have never been the type of person that when we lose a recruit to Miami and the reported reason is like that they're getting a huge bag even before NIL, right? Like that would happen. You would, you would lose a kid that you led for, for a long time because it's like, oh, wow, all of a sudden they're going to Alabama. That's crazy. Like he just posted all these pictures on, on his Instagram of him with, you know, you know, a big fancy car. Like, I wonder how that happened. And it's like, I very easily can understand like, all right, well, this kid probably comes from a very different background. And if Michigan's not offering him money up front, like there's no guarantee that we get this kid to the NFL and he gets paid. Like this kid is worth, if this kid's worth six figures right now, he needs to get that six figures paid to him up front. There's no guarantee in football. You could get, you could destroy your leg tomorrow. Like, like, uh, uh, Darian, is it Darian snow? I'm Darius. sorry. I'm, I'm, Darius, Darius snow. snow. Sorry. That's, I feel bad because he get, did get injured. I didn't want to get his name wrong, but like you could destroy your leg tomorrow and like never play again. I don't know if he'll, he'll play again, but it seems like he's at least going to be hobbled for, for the rest of this year. And so you have to take that money up front. And so I do understand that on an intellectual level. And I guess, does it lessen the, the, um, the connection that I have to my school? I think it does to a certain extent. It makes these kids feel like more like professionals, but I think a lot of that, at least for now, for me does go away and kind of get washed away when, when the lights come on, you know, and like all of a sudden you're watching the game and it's like, Oh fuck. Yeah, dude. Like this is the best thing in the world, you know? And then especially when like, you watch like Michigan when I watch Michigan beat Ohio state last year or this year, I'm like, it doesn't get better than this. Like this is the peak of being a sports fan. And I'm not really thinking in that moment, um, you know, Oh, this, this, uh, you know, did we have to pay JJ McCarthy to come to Michigan? I'm, I'm thinking like, wow, I'm so glad JJ McCarthy is playing for Michigan, you know? And it does kind of become, I hate to be, it's like, it becomes about laundry. You know what I mean? Like you guys, I mean, look, Kenneth Walker didn't choose to come to Michigan state out of high school, right? Like, does it lessen your connection to the school that Kenneth Walker was a, a guy that came to Michigan state for one year out of the transfer portal and had never stepped foot in East Lansing before that, right? He's yours. Yeah, exactly. He actually went and he should the be. house in East Lansing and introduced himself <laughs> before the season started. He, he's a very nice young man. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, that's that, that's that he should be like that's he's a he's a fucking hero like in, in East Lansing forever you know and and that's I don't know like that at least so far for me has not taken away from the sport um, but I think it's something that can in the long term if it becomes more and more professionalized because I do see myself as like you know I, I I'm a diehard Eagles fan as well uh, growing growing up in Philadelphia but like the constant churn of players in the NFL has taken that somewhat away from me, you know? Um, now, fortunately, again, like my team keeps winning. So, uh, it's, it's, it is lessened to a certain extent, but once they start losing, I'm sure I'll feel worse about it. All right, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that's, uh, thick Stockus sorry. Uh, uh, thick with two C's on Twitter and you can read his work at mid- meet at midfield.com. Dan, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me guys. Let's get out of this segment and head off Grand River to talk again about Michigan. Uh, what? We owe a slight correction to last But week. only very slight. So don't anybody get it in your heads that we're admitting to anything wrong. Yeah, here, so here. it ends up being that Michigan did go to a Holocaust museum and were just delayed in letting everybody know about it. 
uh, so they went to, uh, I just want <laughs> to, I cannot help but call out my favorite line. So they did go to the museum in Farmington, uh, or Farmington Hills, who cares, one of those towns, uh, <laughs> but then went on a, tri- this was in advance of their trip to D.C., where they were at the Smithsonian, and it was optional whether to attend <laughs> the Holocaust Museum. So cheerio, Michigan. Well done. Just doing the very fucking minimum and good <laughs> for you. The box. Great. <laughs> but and there was a, a lot learned and definitely go read is. the quotes. Uh, let's yes. just leave it at that. Go read the quotes, people. Read both Harbaugh and what's his name's quotes. And uh, you yep. come to your own conclusions. Yep. Like I think Harbaugh said people could. Uh Anyway, let's talk about the Pac-12 for a second. So as the Pac-12, now four, is imploding, it's worth mentioning that reporting has come out that they were offered $30 million per school as a TV deal. And they came back to ESPN and said, no, 50. And ESPN said, bye. All right. Farewell. (laughs) Here's I mean, (laughs) not good. Not good. We, I try to always remind the podcast about this. Mm. Ultimately, it's the, as important as the commissioners are, they go it's and the get presence. these deals. Ultimately, the NCAA and the, the league commissioners are carrying the water for the presidents. And the problem is, I think some of the presidents that turned down that offer last year are mm. now inside the building with us. <laughs> Everything that I've read both on USC media and people telling me about USC is leading me to believe that we're going to start to hate USC probably really fast. <laughs> do you do you think last last week when I said it's maybe not a good idea to bring more cooks into the kitchen? Especially when those cooks just spoiled a giant broth, a hundred year old broth that had been boiling. <laughs> and and they did it. Just do you think, Do you think they were like, you know what? We need to kill the Pac twelve. <laughs> like I mean, surely USC knew there was an opportunity to join the Big Ten. Right. Well that the, conversation the, had to the people had to be flirting with each other at that point in time. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So were, like, text messages shared and uh in snapchats i mean really the problem the mistake they made was not taking texas and killing the big 12 when they had a chance yeah and the presidents are the ones that decided not to do that the same presidents that are now members of the big 10 conference of champions yeah but how much more money are they getting this is my question like put your tinfoil cap on for a second Hmm. like the usc was never going to get a luxe deal from the networks. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Kill it. Yeah, but if you if you get Texas and Oklahoma, we'll say that really strengthens the pack, and then maybe you peel off, you know, someone else good, or you. Mm. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what you do, but that would be a a formidable conference with those two teams. The the problem is still remains the time slots. Like you can't solve for the time slots. That is true. Yeah. You can't just be like, Hey, 
on the old San Diego fault line, we play play football at 7 a.m. local yeah. time. So, uh, like, I, I don't know. I, but either way, the the 100-year-old conference would still be around if people were a little less greedy. And here we are. I mean, it, I, the the richness of this will never be lost on me or I hope anyone. Uh, fuck. I, because I think last week we were, I, I'll speak for myself. Last week I was bemoaning this and, uh, I felt oh, bad. I felt like, oh, this is I did our too. Fault. This is our fault. No, no, Wait. it was not. And now I don't know how to feel anymore, but I don't, I guess, fuck it. Well, it's just greed still is the answer. It is the answer. It's, it's just that we shouldn't feel like it was just the Big Ten's greed. That's right. Everybody has this problem. Yep. Um, Speaking of which, uh, the ACC uh, has been entertaining Stanford and Cal as additional members, but not. Uh, it, it appears that Clemson, it, the reporting is Clemson, UNC, NC State, and I believe one other that I cannot remember are blocking the admission of Stanford and Cal. And frankly, I don't blame them. I mean, it's for the same reason that you were just talking about USC, right? Uh, you know, their preference is to kill the conference and go get a payday somewhere else. I, I don't know what Stanford and Cal bring in terms of dollars in a meaningful sense. Mm. And you're it, the ACC, I think, is on par with the big. Someone, someone probably throw fruit at me for this, but <laughs> the Big Twelve and the ACC in terms of quality of football because mm-hmm. that's what's driving this are on par yeah frankly last year the big 12 was a superior basketball conference by quite a bit yeah I, and yeah. and sure. so it, why would you introduce continental travel right to your your shitty conference to pick up the shitty members of another shitty conference I like, I don't make it make sense. Like think about Miami for a second. Okay. You're, you're, you're pretty much schlepping as far as you can schlep. Tell us about the schlep. Tell schlep. Draw me a schlep. You are, you get your softball team inexplicably in Miami. is having to pick up all of your stuff throw it on a commercial flight and fly all the way to SFO and then navigate that stupid traffic down to Palo Alto. It doesn't make sense. The good news is uh, the listeners of this podcast is in one of the two super conferences and these are for, <laughs> let them, nuts. let them all sort it out. Who cares? <laughs> Give them cake. Uh, last note, uh, Gene Smith, AD of Ohio State is retiring. You might be asking, why are we talking about this? Gene Smith is probably the most powerful athletic director in the conference uh, by a fair amount. Yep. Uh, and I, we made fun of him one or two weeks ago for, for implying that they're already revenue sharing with their athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he said, we get tuition, they get tuition. Uh, but... Um, 
either way, it, it's it's worth remembering the the power players in all of these deals that are happening right now are likely not going to be the power players when the next deal happens. Mm. And so, um, I don't know. I think it's Gene Smith has been the AD for a long time, was big during COVID. I mean, was considered potentially as a front runner for the new Big Ten commissioner. Like him retiring is a big deal for how the power structure of the Big Ten works. Yeah. And it's a big deal for the new commissioner, actually, is maybe a more underrated storyline because someone who is a massive power broker in the conference is no longer. Yeah. Uh, Someone you might have to cater to in a way. So. It's just worth noting for listeners who are who are interested in this stuff. Yeah, we're in the palace intrigue uh, portion of the podcast. Yeah. We should just add that as a header. You know, uh, Greenwall off Grand River palace intrigue. Is that is subheading or we'll just... have to Spartanify it in some way? In some um, way, we'll yeah, figure it that's out. Good. That's good. Uh, should we go to Twitter questions though? Should we? Let's should we do them. Open it up. Doodle doodle do. And we start with uh, Mister. Listener, the better, the greater, the greater than Mike Jones. What's the best bread for a BLT? White, Texas, pita, ciabatta, wrap, plum. I like that pita. Love that pita is on this list. It's got to be Texas. Sourdough not on the list, though. Yeah, I was going to say, no sourdough. Sourdough would be a great bread. Sourdough is always the right answer. English toasting bread. It's a great bread. English toasting. Great Even bread. Even English muffin with all those crags for the mayo. Mmm, crags. Uh, next up for Michael Jones, from Michael Jones, we ranked 130th of 131 last year in field goal kicking. What's a reasonable expectation for improvement this year? 129. I was just going to say that. 129. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I mean, but, it, but honestly, he asked the question. He had to know that that's what you'd say. It can't be... Some of the things that we've talked about that we talked about with Dan, like there's a degree to which you're like, it can't be worse. Hold it my is beer. special teams other than punting and the defensive secondary. Those are two things that just cannot be worse. They just can't be. Uh, and finally, from Mr. Mike Jones, you have to feel bad for EMU, right? About to receive the death penalty for Harbor's actions. Just insane how the NCAA operates. I mean, it's stupid. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't feel bad for Eastern, obviously, but uh, there aren't rules. Rules don't matter to the people who yes. they don't matter to. Right? I mean, we've kind of already covered this subject this uh, is with Dan. So mm-hmm. uh, it is. Inter- I, I thought it was interesting, his argument about like. I never would have guessed that. The can. Never. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense, though. Um, but it relies really heavily on him getting an NFL gig, which I don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but maybe there's some team out there that's desperate enough. Um, but yeah, it is funny how there can be, we can go this far. There can be stated, you know, repercussions. And then it's just like, no, he didn't sign up on it. We're not accepting it. Backpedal on all of it. (laughs) It is. It is very who's line. It's very, it's all made up and the points don't matter. Uh, all right. Next up from Thomas Zambiasi. Uh, which games on the schedule are you looking forward to and or dreading the most? I'm dreading the mm. Richmond game because there is no winning that game. They're an FCS school. And 
my understanding is not a bad one. So that's a lose lose. Yeah, yeah I'm hmm. dreading uh, going to Columbus because we've been given no indication of any kind in like half a right. decade um, that right. we should think that we're even going to make it out of the first quarter of that game. We should go to the game. It'd be fun. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, we can pay a huge premium to just get embarrassed. Uh, I'm also, I think, uh, dreading something like the Minnesota game. Um, if that doesn't go well, that one's going to really suck. Um, and the Washington game, because that's something that when it showed up on the calendar, seems like something that we should win. But mm. now, less a guarantee. Mm. Uh, Plum, are you dreading sitting next to me for the Nebraska game? Question mark. If you would only tell me we're going, my friend, if only you would say yes. It makes me feel powerful to not mm-hmm. say yes, to withhold mm-hmm. from you. That's right. To know that you put yourself out there in that way. And now yeah, the I'm vulnerability. the one. That's oh, right. we all right. just love to relish That's in right. it. That's oh, why is Greg me- only being offered the Nebraska game? Why can't I be offered the Nebraska game? Well, it happens exactly two weeks after you will have been here for my wedding, in which we will have I will have forced you to miss another unimportant game. Um, so, but if you want to come back for the, the Nebraska game, you can stay here. Maybe not even on an air mattress. You know, who's to say? Maybe you get a full fledged couch in the basement. You know, yeah. One of those. What, we, what week is that? Lucky guy. November the fourth. Uh, yeah. Is there a basketball game that weekend? Maybe. Oh, look it up. Uh, next up from Thomas Zambiassi, uh, what will there be more of noon games or missed field goals? Jesus, God, that stings. Let's say noon games, please. God, let there be update. There's a game on the sixth against James Madison. Against James Madison. That's like an intra school scrimmage for you guys. Oh, you'd be so annoying about it. <laughs> just talk about James Madison. The whole no, it literally is just the faculty of the James Madison College playing against the, <laughs> the men's basketball program. Uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Thomas. Um, uh, I'm going to go. I So I think actually the noon time slots are maybe diminishing uh, in, in, in favor of the 330s. Uh, so I'm going to go more missed field goals, but I don't like saying that, mm. but both are going to be low numbers. Now, and finally from Thomas Zambiasi, does the first home game have the best game day vibes of the whole season? There's going to be a certain night game this year that I don't, I don't know how we divine best, but I'm guessing more fiery, a, mm. uh, vibe. More vomiting. Well, yeah, yeah. will we'll be had on campus. Uh, I'll be vomiting in uh, Detroit at that time. But mm. uh, the rest of you have fun here. Uh, it is kind of nice that Friday night game. It's like nowadays the tailgate lots open really early. Everybody's up. The weather's almost always spectacular. But I think the Big Ten home opener there's oh, like the earlier in the season, Big Ten games tend to be better than the home opener in my mm-hmm. experience. I, the Washington game will have great, mm-hmm. uh, great vibes, too. Completely agree. Next up from Sports Ball, Joey, say Nate is two thirds as good as Ken. Say three TDs in the Michigan game instead of five. Does that excite you? Of course, we're talking about Nate Carter and Ken Walker. Uh, yes. yes, that excites me. Yeah, if 
if, if you guys could take that right now, would you take that? Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah, I think Absolutely. so. Absolutely. I think you have to. that right now. Yep. Also, uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with the math on this one. Yeah. Say more. It's nope. a, it I'm not going to, I'm not going to say any more. Not a boy. It's playing with rounding here. Yeah. Next up from sports ball, Joey, does the limited tackling and practice worry you? Uh, we didn't cover this, but, uh, yeah, right. This was discussed at length in the press conferences. Um, honestly, probably worries me more than anything else about the team right now. Um, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. So. Yeah, and I think we're both at the same place. I'd like to be in the position where this is the thing that worries you most about the team. And like, none of us are there. Healthy. We're yeah. all showing up healthy. That's, well, and that's, that excites yeah. me. Yeah, and the, and the two are very clearly connected. So, no, I think that's right. Uh, I think that's right. All right. Uh, next up, Spartan 1877 null. Uh, Kevin Gregg, if MSU wins 9 to 10 games this season... Does Mel win Big Ten Coach of the Year for the second time in three years? Great question. Great. This is a good one, Spartan 18770. I'm going to guess no. Because the <laughs> Big Ten now, well, racism might be a little bit of it, but now the Big Ten has been like, oh, so you, you can do both of these. You can have a great season and right. you can just have a dog shit season dog shit season yeah and that's right i'm guessing that the next time that the big that the media or the coaches want to give him such an award and is there a coaches award for big Ten coach of the year or is it just media yeah i think it's coach and media okay yeah. i think they're going to be like this is your makeup for last for that you know 2022 season and now you can earn it again the next time you have a great season then you're going to get it if bert wins like eight games he's gonna they also Bert. just like Bert. You know, they just love him. Bort, Such a Big Ten coach. Bort guy. Borlamore. Uh, next up from Spartan 18770, who will be our number one punt returner this season? Oh, great question. Uh, hmm. I suspect it's Elante Brown. Yeah, right now he's number two on the depth chart to Tyrell Henry. Um, but he's he's getting some press, right? Like we're here. Yeah, about dudes fast. Uh, so that, that that's my guess. Um, I and Dylan Tatum, I think is. If we weren't so bad at cornerback, I think maybe would get real look there that he's getting reps so that he's there just in case. Um, next up from Smart 1870, any truth to the rumor that NCAA has canceled checks from Harbaugh to Stormy Daniels? Go Michigan State. <laughs> well, if it's true that the, such a thing does exist, then Harbaugh doesn't have anything to worry about. It's his lawyer that will go to prison for this. Yes. <laughs> uh, mm. Next up from Spartan Mark, what do you guys make of this turd? And it's this is regarding Harbaugh pushing back on his four-game suspension slash the infractions committee. Who cares who did it? Um <sighs> I, he sucks. I don't know what to say. I, I think Dan may well be right about this. Uh, it's an interesting take. Um, but, uh, but again, relies on the NFL to, 
to actually one of those teams to hire him which, for it to work out. He is which, so I mean, desperately wanted to be true. I guess, really, like, what's the downside for it? Like, four games right. now versus maybe four games later, then it, it probably doesn't matter. I, um, right. Especially yeah. if Dan's right that this is actually truly their last chance to maybe compete for a national Do championship. Do something. Yeah, that's right. Next up from Ali, do you think the Michigan game remains a protected game in an 18-team Big Ten? Hmm. I don't know how they can keep protecting games. Because you'd want kids to... But they have to. Like, those types of games are the essence of college football. Because it drives ratings. That's the only thing they care about. It drives ratings. Michigan, Michigan State drives ratings. Michigan, Ohio State. I don't think that's true. I I think there are a bunch of games that they have to protect because inventory is king and not all inventory is the exact same thing. Just in the same way that, you know, Ohio State versus whoever is not the same as Northwestern versus whoever. They there are games that they have to maintain an interest in. And it's not just collecting those viewers now. It's also a long term investment in those games. Yeah, that they have to reap in the long term. I think so that's right. I that's the whole essence of you think, the game. You think divisions are coming back? I don't know. The, the West divisions... is more interesting now than it ever has been. It is definitely true. Like it, it, the whole point of adding Washington and Oregon, other than them being pretty good brands, is like now you actually have a, a West Coast division. So I could see it. I could see it, it but four team divisions don't work. Why don't we pick up Purdue in Illinois for the East? The West remains the same. Oh, no, we got to pick up. I guess you could do six team divisions, by the way. You Mm got to pick up uh, two more. So it'll be interesting. I kind of liked this whole like protected rivalry plus the pod situation. I thought that wasn't a terrible solution to the problem. Other than the fact that the old brass platoon is not uh, is not protected, hmm. uh, it'll be. I, I think they have to keep those types of games. Um, who would be our protected game if Michigan is not? I propose we have a game with Oregon. I like this idea, and this is something that we've talked about already. Winner gets to keep the color green and all of Phil Knight's money for the next year. <laughs> I think the problem is that Oregon's jerseys are so out there that they're like, you can have green. It's fine. The Phil Knight money, though, those are those are some meaningful table stakes. I I like Oregon, and I've talked about reading a lot of you know the pack fan bases, and they're talking about the big uh, the Big Ten. It's been interesting to me how little uh, Washington fans have talked about us, given that we just played and that they're coming here this year. It's also been interesting to me how much Oregon fans have talked about us because we haven't played them in a minute. So the Redbox Dave. Yeah, since and we all remember how wonderful an experience that was. <laughs> but they've all talked very favorably about MSU and about how they would like a protected rivalry with us. Mm. And I would take it. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I want USC and Oregon. I'll take those two. Wow. You want two West Coast teams? I mean, or maybe alternate want, every other year. Do you want USC? Oh, like a home and away? Cool. No, 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 no. Like you okay. play one, one. You can't year. see it, listener, but he's so smug over there. He's just so <laughs> glad to have said home and away. He's doing this it like didn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> forcing it in there. 
Home and Away is now one of our bits. It's a bit. It's a Ali. First, when I saw saw this originally, I thought it said Horst. First host power rankings. Number three, (laughs) me. Wow. (laughs) Victim blaming. That's uncalled for, sir. Number two, Grek, you kind of victim blamed, but you came to Seattle, so you still have that. Thank and you. number one, we have, we'll always have our time in Seattle, Ollie. Alex Plum, despite being an institutionalist, you had my back. I don't know what this <laughs> is in reference <laughs> to. Doesn't matter. All that matters is that I'm winning. Also, Jones Plum. and I know that I every one of it. these rankings, Plum's going to come out number one. We know. I can't say that. I can't join you in that chant. No. Next up from the Keith Ski, reigning champ. If Nate Carter is a top three uh, Big Ten running back, is Mel Tucker a running back whisperer? Hey, people are saying, and I'm glad they're saying, and I want Nate Carter to be the next incarnation of KW3. Except we have him for more year. Does he, he'd have to stay one more year? I think we have him for two, yeah. I think we get him well, for no, nine. No, he has to stay for one more year. I think he has uh, to Yes, yes, yes. I, that is my understanding. Or is this his third year? This, this might be his third year. Next up from the Kiski, uh, hot dog or brat? It's brat. It's brat. This isn't complicated. It depends on the hot dog. No, we know your answer is it's the bun. But for the two of us uh, who have real standing here to discuss this. No, go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. What about a Kogel's Vienna? I knew you were going to come for it. Personally, I'm a Frankfurter man, but I'll have a Vienna from Kogel's a time or two. I will. I thought, it's still brats. I thought I'd ingratiate myself to a yes. Flint representation. Yes, and you have, house. and you have. I love a Kogel's Vienna. But even when the I snap? was at you my like the snap? cheapest, I would yeah, reach crackles. for the $1 each Kogel's Vienna. Yes. The one that like they charge you based on weight, and I'd yes. be like... Step aside, bar five. Vienna <laughs> 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 man. Bar five, it's so true. <laughs> but to be fair, though, bar five puts like you know shoelaces and hoof in the, among the ingredients. <laughs> so you know there was nothing wrong with going for the all beef Kogel's Vienna with a nice the snap when you bite into it. Last time uh, from the Kitsky, Greg. This feels perfect for you. What is the oldest you can be at retirement and still say I retired early? I think 50. I think 40, 49 is the oldest. Oh. Oh. 50 is when it crosses over. That that retirement could be considered standard? I Because that's no, what you're I, saying. Because to be clear, you're like over a decade away from Medicare. You've yeah. got to have enough money to pay for your own health insurance. Insurance, yeah. What is, what is Social Security? 59 and a half? Sure, but you're not. Or is that early? Re- is that or, or IRA, uh, the IRA retirement age is fifty nine and a half? Yeah, you got to have enough cash on hand. I, oh yeah, at sixty two, uh, you can begin to collect Social Security. Medicare is at sixty five. Social Security full retirement sixty six. So I think forty nine is real young. I was going to say for the crossover, five is. I think yeah, fifty for me. I think if you retire at fifty five. You did you well early. You retired early. Yeah, I, I guess think that's I, right. I guess I'm used to having like a pensioner here in the house with me. Uh-huh. Um, I so the, I kind of think about it in those terms. In those terms, uh, I guess you guys are subject to the free market out there. So 
Oh, let's uh, let's talk your uh, your four hundred one k. I don't think we have to talk let's, anything about let's, let's, about the four hundred one k strategy. What's up with your bathroom? How long how long did you have a <laughs> malfunctioning toilet so you could pinch a few pennies for your four hundred one k? How long <laughs> so did that happen? Continue to backdoor Roth. Uh, anyway, yep. um, super Roth. So uh, all right, listen. It's none of this is important. Uh, I, what do you think? What are you doing are to you, us, Kiski? What are you doing are you, to us? Are, what's how's your uh, hashtag Stonks uh, Slack channel at work? Stonks. <laughs> it's actually a wordplay on Bogleheads. Thank you very much. Ours um, is hashtag Stonks. Stonks. Uh, next up from the Nate C, uh, U of M is the Donald Trump of the Big 23 or whatever we're up to now. They're pieces of shit that everyone hates, but they're in their own mind. They're perfect. And any time you call them on their shit, it's a witch hunt. Hey, people are saying. Honestly, I, I really love that the, the time that we brought someone from U of M on who tried really hard to cover up his brand and i want to celebrate the fact that he tried really hard to yeah, cover give up it his a shot. brand yeah. i think uh, he did great he made, yeah. he made some good jokes and i, uh, I yeah, talked was good. over the one the the yeah. tunnel fight video one and i yep. regret that yeah but anyway the uh i do love that we got so many u of m digs in the questions this week uh <laughs> it is true i heard uh from the trump uh, team that they learned to never apologize and never back down from the University of Michigan. Yes. How effective that can be. Mm -hmm. Well, and it is. It, it's very effective. I, I believe mm -hmm. Ward consults for them. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. My God. Uh, next up from Nate C, you want football related questions. So how long will we have to put up with football before basketball and hockey will finally come back to give us something better to watch? And November 6th, James Madison University playing the basketball program. That, program. that is when. Uh, this is the most excited I've maintained my excitement about uh, basketball. I'm, I am eager for it to come back. All right. Come through. Yeah. Uh, All right, last up, Nate C. Are in-conference bowl games any less dumb than regular non-playoff bowl games? Did you Graham pronounce the B hard? Uh, I did. Hard B on dumb? I did. I did, but only because I didn't know what – I think I, I think the question is wrong. I don't know what it means. Graham Couch said they're worse, but I don't really see non-playoff games getting any more pointless. So the question here is – Oh, in-conference bowl yeah. games. I get it now. Uh, I – Hyphen missing. I, if you played the team, I can't imagine something lamer than playing a team you've already played that season. Right. Right. Correct. Well, I mean, the, no bowl committee would take that. Correct. I don't, would, stay would, on would, a bowl you, committee, uh, to uh, stay in a cush job like a bowl committee, you've got to give the bowl, the advertiser, the namesake, something. And a rematch? Ugh. Fuck, but can yeah. you imagine a year where we don't play USC and they're like, all right. Michigan State, USC, y'all. I don't think that's the end of the world. Yeah, but um, you can admit that it's kind of lame. Like, if it's a team that you play regularly enough. For right now, it sounds, it, to me, it sounds interesting because. But check in in three years. Correct. That's and the you, real thing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's fair. Although, uh, I, I like that idea better than playing some SEC team in florida where it's like oh enjoy your advantage you're basically the home team i mean it um, would be nice though if if through all of this the the bowls got 
back to a bit more of a real conference alignment. I mean, in the same way that uh, we have the the Gabbitt games. With the playoff expanding, the Bulls are just going to get less relevant. Sure. I mean, yeah, but that's, I think that's why the conference tie-in makes it a little bit interesting. Um, Mm. That you know you're getting someone from the ACC or, I mean, is the Mountain West a good conference now? I don't know. Will they be a good conference? Unclear. Nate C., great question, apparently. Uh, I, I was surprised by how much we talked about this one. Um, Joe Ashworth, if you were the CEO of a multi-million dollar organization and every resource imaginable to help keep you and your staff within the bounds set by your governing body, how convenient is it to also have a faulty memory? I mean, he is getting older. Oh, God. <laughs> it it yep. just feels like you watched a lot of high school boys work out on their OnlyFans or wherever it is that My you God. watch them. There it is. Uh, it wasn't going to take very long, was it? <laughs> it didn't take him very long. You know what I mean? No. No. Uh, next up from Joe Ashworth, do you habitually carry a little bit of cash or do you solely rely on cards? Perhaps in something more exotic like phone, Apple Watch, etc. I promise I'm not going to mug anyone. Uh, so I've thought about this. I worry about doing the Apple Pay. Uh, like what if it, my phone dies or just You're saying whatever. relying on the Apple pay. Yeah. It feels like you would have to carry cash mm. in the event that the you're somewhere that like a reader doesn't take. I think in my pre pandemic times, there would be times where I would just walk around with a wallet empty of cash for like months. Honestly. Yeah. And now post pandemic, I use it so infrequently that I stash a little bit of cash in there and then it just sits for who knows how long. I found a 20 in my wallet the other day and I was like, oh, I forgot you existed. <laughs> Sometimes I get actual cash and I'm like, this isn't even real money. How do I spend this? <laughs> what do I do? With, what do I do with this? Dumb. But would you walk around with just your phone? <laughs> I think is the question. No, I would not walk around with just my phone. I have to be phone and credit card. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yep. Uh, next up from Joe Ashworth, I don't want to put down my hopium, hopium, and, hopium, sorry. Uh, and just, beers this on the is mind. an internet term, Michael, be more online. Yeah. Get, get there. Uh, and see us at five and one or six and z- z- zero, uh, going to the Michigan game. Why shouldn't I buy into the intangibles and good vibes with this team, this year's team? Buy in. Buy in. I, I don't hate this take. I like I think there's way too much hating going on Michigan State right now. I mean, you have to go to uh, to Iowa. So you have to go to Rutgers, as we have lived, Jonesy. That place uh, will punish you with its sound system. So the we should go back. To- Plum, do you want to come? Yes. <laughs> it's just saying whatever he has to say to get out of this episode at this point. Um, and we've got to host Washington. I mean, those are three. Uh, well. Hopefully Rutgers is not a tough game, but those are two tough games. Mm. Yeah, it's not. I mean, my God, five and one's possible. Six and zero is possible. I'm gonna. I'm willing to yeah, indulge. Uh, if if we see we can't get a push against Richmond, though, we'll have a conversation at that point in time. Uh, next up, Tyrone Couch. 
what should my pregame tradition be this year? I'm thinking I'll take up drinking. I tried <laughs> to convince my wife a marathon <laughs> session should be the new ritual. She threw me a bottle of lotion. I don't blame her. I'm going to stop typing now. That's good. I'm That's glad good. I read that. That went a lot of places in every great way. And I like that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. All right. Next up from Tyrone. PSA to parents, take your school tags down. The aforementioned son of porn star was late to school today. I only know this because the porno mom had his car tag hanging on her mirror. Traffickers can use that info to steal kids. Take them down. Now you know. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't. I don't. Do you, you know you have a kid, but he's not in school yet. So do you know what this is? This is. A, like a child's school tag? Is this a thing that's like an ide- a child identifying tag that is on the... I I assumed it was like a... Hangs on the rearview mirror? You should take those down because you can get pulled over for it. Well, that's true. But uh, for those who don't know, it is a visual obstruction and is a reason that police can pull you over. In fact, and you know where I learned that? When I was in a car driven by my friend Adrian on campus as a junior... And we were pulled over by MSU Police Department, who did not issue a citation, but did say, well, I can pull tell you me, over for it. Tell me more about Adrian. Uh, she was uh, Kristen Selefsky's roommate in freshman year. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, Actually, Ann Arbor just passed an ordinance making the, uh, not allowing their police department to pull people over for that any longer. Um, because it I mean, it's used. a fishing, it's a fishing expedition for sure. Uh, but, um, I, Tyrone, I don't know about this. Uh, my kid is adorable and susceptible to being stoled, but I, I don't know that I can worry particularly about, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I have to worry enough about him getting shot at school for me to like God begin to care about any of that. Yeah. Um, and I'll just put an Apple, uh, uh, an Apple air tag on him yeah. or types. in him Just sew it into his skin. It's been uh, done that last up <laughs> rant of the week. Walmart in 15, my four year old found a gift card. He went to customer service to see if anyone was looking for it. The employee told him there was $62 on it and shredded it. They are as bad as that unnamed smell fungus. I've not been back until this week. And didn't want to. Wow. Walmart stole $62 is what he's saying. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I like how I like how they knew they were going to shred it. And they just and they looked, still like, looked it up in the eye. And they were like, there was $62 on this. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's right. But I I'm going like to. That some like just not making any money like right. hourly employee yes. was like yes oh i'm gonna oh. carry the water for the waltons on this yes yeah. in, in, in 15 too like walmart was a much less good employer and yeah. they're not good now but they were they were worse, worse. yeah that's right yeah but your four-year-old that's something uh, i almost rather they like open hand palmed your your child and mm-hmm. like get away from me kid this is my yeah. 62 dollars yeah know. it's like the santa claus in a christmas story just shoe on the forehead <laughs> exactly you'll shoot your eye out kid next right. up john hubbard bryce Berenger's debut for the nfl this past week saw him punt the ball four times for an average of 50 yards with a long of 62 is it safe to say he's the greatest punter in league history 
Will there be a can't read, can't write meetup for his Hall of Fame induction? Yes, yes. And also, I saw on Instagram <laughs> someone was proposing a soccer tailgate. Hey! Greg? In- Instagram. Any insight? Sometimes they go rogue on Instagram, and I'll I'll endeavor to keep the Instagram account more in line with yes. our yes. It's keep the Instagram principles. <laughs> keep the Instagram account in line. Uh, the uh, next up, Dan Hellpepper. Who is Ross Ells' favorite Family Feud host? Uh, Steve, Steve Harvey. I was gonna say the guy that. Never mind. I'm not gonna. Yep. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. It's okay. Richard Dawson. Yeah, it is. It's Richard Dawson. Uh, all right. Next up. No, no, no. I want to see all of them. I want to see. Oh my God! You know that Louis Anderson hosted Family Feud. Oh yes, yes. Who's the one in the eighties? Louis Anderson. Show me hot dogs up on the screen. So good. That's a wild. Oh my God, Richard Carn. A Richard Carn. I remember when Richard Carn did it in the, in the early 2000s. Did yes. they let him do it for like a couple days and they were like, oh, actually, there's a reason that your show didn't actually. Oh, I was thinking of I was thinking of Ray Combs. Mm. I remember Ray Combs doing it. Oh. oh man, Al Roker also on Celebrity Family Feud. No, thank you. Um anyway. Richard Dawson. Why not? I don't even know who that person is. Greg, next one. Yeah. Uh oh, I'm supposed to read this? Yeah. Uh what's the farthest you've ever traveled by foot in one day? And was it to get adrenochrome? Yes. No, the, the adrenochrome comes to you. <laughs> you just need the tools. Uh, Jonesy, is this your chance to talk about the Grand Canyon? Uh, the Grand Canyon. Uh, no, I, I didn't do that. I only, I think our longest day was nine miles, but I'm, I'm sure I've done more than nine miles. Much more before. than that. Like, I mean, yeah. in the aggregate for a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. Yeah, great content. All right, next up from Dan. Oh, I wasn't, wasn't looking your, to talk about it. That I, wasn't like, your fault, clear, Dan. That wasn't your fault. I teed Jonesy up. He dropped the ball. Yep. This is on him. Don't blame yourself, Dan. Dan uh, should blame himself for not using an A instead of using a U. Which, ah. which would be a better crazy booster thing? Rebuild the smokestack? Facelift oh. of Spartan Stadium to look like the hamster cage? <laughs> or 500 foot, t- foot tall hologram head shaking Sparty? Uh, it's got to be smokestack. I mean, we remember the smokestack. We were there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do I do recall looking over my shoulder and seeing the smokestack. I also recall it being taken down and being like, who is buying these bricks at $50? Yes, correct. Also correct. As who I have six like, of them in my basement. Bring the carcinogens into my home. I will pay for that. For the I privilege. Them close to me. <laughs> the carcinogen. Let me let me drink my diet caffeine free Pepsi while I just pet this ancient <laughs> <laughs> coal soaked brick. Mm-hmm. This is good for me. Uh, Greg, Greg from Grandma Kunj, uh Nate Sofrelli or Kendall Roy. Oh man, do I know who Sofrelli is? Uh, 
is a political strategist and former romantic partner of Shiv Roy. Uh, uh, oh. oh, oh, is he the one that, that is dude. he the Nate? He's the um, he's the chief of staff oh, for the guy who's the okay. senator. Yeah, that guy. Wow, Grandma Coonge. Okay, um, I I think Kendall Roy would take him because Kendall Roy is just so detached, unhinged, and correct. unhinged that yeah. he he would ultimately Nate would be like. What? What this Nate? What are you doing? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, what, what are, we are, doing? are we fighting yeah. right now? Are we? And then, why are you stabbing me in the throat with that? Yes, pen Kendall, cap. Kendall yep. Roy would just be drinking his blood at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Plum, first for you from Mamapolive. Hi, uh, Susan. First and foremost, did you ever lie? No, you lied. Got caught in the lie. Profess and openly promoted to the world of a life philosophy that acknowledged lying as bad but still didn't show remorse and make timely retributions asking for a friend. This uh-uh. is spicy. Uh-uh. She didn't say asking for a friend. She said asking for a fiend, fiend. which I can only imagine is even worse. So I, I want to know who your fiend is. Harbaugh. Harbaugh's the fiend. <laughs> yeah, that might be. He might be. And I think that's probably what it is. Uh, I did. I don't know if I've told this story on the pod. I probably have. If I haven't, uh, then you're hearing it for the first time. When I was a little kid uh, in elementary school, fifth grade, sixth grade, I would babysit my siblings who were two and six years younger than me, respectively, until my parents got home. Only like an hour and a half. So not very long in our like white bread neighborhood in outside of Flint. Um, and soccer practice would happen one day a week or two days a week. And on those days, my friend's mom would pick us up and drive us there. And so for a half an hour between getting picked up for soccer and my parents coming home, my fourth grade brother would be the one, you know, watching my sister. So anyway, one day we were downstairs in the basement and we heard a noise upstairs and I went upstairs. And when I got to the top of the stairs, I was like, Hey, get out of the house. What are you doing here? And made up the story that someone had broken in to try to steal our radio, which was not a nice radio. And by anyone's split, standard, right? AM radio was still yeah, huge <laughs> by anyone's standard in, in 1997, where it was just not, you know, no one cared. So, uh, and I came downstairs, my brother and sister were terrified and, uh, whoops. So, uh, and then of course, cause I made it up. I didn't think anything of it. So, you know, then like 25, 30 minutes later, when my friend's mom came to pick me up for soccer practice, I was like, okay, see you guys later. Bye, you guys. And of course, they didn't think that was cool. So when my dad came home, you know, they let him know. And so then when my dad comes to pick me up from soccer practice that afternoon, they're both in the car with him, unusual. And I've never seen him that angry before. And I'm like, why are you angry? And What's he's like, on? you you are unnormally responsible how could you have not called one of us or the police and then left your siblings home? They're like, it's, it's as if you made it up. And I'm like, didn't make it up. It definitely happened. I don't know what I was thinking. And I doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on that, going so far as to make a police report that my parents insisted on. And the police tried to pin it on a kid that lived down the street from us who'd been in and out of juvie. And I remember having this moment of going, that would be the easiest thing to do is pin it on Chris. But I was like, you can't do it because you'll never get this moment back. And I was like, definitely wasn't Chris. I saw the guy's face. I can't tell you what it looked like, but I know it wasn't Chris. But I know it wasn't. And the cop cop didn't believe me. The cop was convinced that it happened and that it was Chris. 
and that I was protecting him. And then my parents were disappointed in me. Like, why are you protecting Christina? And I'm like, oh, God, no. Anyway, I didn't tell my brother this until we were in high school at a, like, peer counseling retreat. And his face, when I told him, was, I've just never seen another human so disappointed. He was so shocked and just disappointed. Maybe sad. <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, that was a really long answer to that question. But when I tell you, and then I still didn't tell my parents for like a couple more years. And when I told my mom, she was very upset. So anyway, just so you know, that how's, was my big lie. How's Chris doing these days? <laughs> I don't know. And I've tried to look it up. I had heard it was weird. He'd gone in and out of juvie. He lived with his dad. And I what we what, what I had heard when I remember growing up, and this couldn't possibly be true, with his, was that his mother was like in all kinds of trouble and had been deported back to Iceland where she was from. So anyway, um, there you go. So it's, it's occurred to me just now that we have to cut his last name throughout uh, oh. that story. But oh, no. Why did you look at him? spectacular no just because we try to protect the innocent on this oh that's that's a good that's a good point yeah that's a good point yeah god knows so, could you I'm imagine if he listened that. okay good, good, good. <laughs> next up anthony sharper <laughs> great story plum thank you for sharing you're welcome i really tried to make that as quick as i could sorry i'm the it one was... that this costs and i think it's a great, great all right. we all know my lie uh next up Shartvert, uh, in the world of conference realignment, do you expect Can't Read, Can't Write to get absorbed by a bigger, more money-hungry podcasting entity? Well, we're waiting for meetatmidfield.com with her money <laughs> yeah. bags, too. I don't know how much more we had to lay it out that like we were interested in a cut, uh, but uh, you know, Dan didn't pick up on it. You know, That's right. Subtleties. No, that's right. <laughs> uh, next up, which Big Ten football program is Barbie and which is Oppenheimer? Mm. It's got to be Minnesota's Barbie. Yeah, it could be Minnesota. Just look at PJ Fleck. Uh, that's fair. Okay. Um, Oppenheimer then has got to be like something like um, Butker, only because you said the noise level there was so high and astronomical. If you've seen Oppenheimer, the music, the soundtrack to this film does not stop. There, there are like no moments when it is quiet when you're it's, listening to it. Because it's still Chris Nolan. Even if yeah, even his if inability actual... to balance music is yeah. astounding. It is. That movie could have been. I mean, it, the pace is frenetic. The music is neurotic. It's bad. I mean, it was it was good. The story was like interesting because I didn't know it, but it was. It couldn't have been more poorly told in a from from an artistic standpoint. But let's I, talk about Tenant. Oh Let's talk about tennis. I was going to say that Oppenheimer has to be Alabama because it's a big bomb that kind of like shook college football. But at the same time, my understanding is the film is mostly about Oppenheimer understanding his role in this and having remorse. That's right. That is not how Alabama operates. So um, <laughs> very good. It's just um, been brought to my attention via notes that we skipped the remainder of Mamapaleef's questions. <laughs> We tried to do you a favor, listeners, but our integrity is too high. Next up from Mamapaleaf, next, because I've calmed down a bit, which odds are better? Spartans win their first three games non-conference, or you can afford to more than one beer once they start selling at the state. <laughs> Mamapaleaf. Uh, How poor do that, you think that, we are? Yeah, that feels really insulting. Greg bragged about our wealth on air one time. That's not exactly what I said. You definitely also, did. Thank you for for telling everyone about my 401k and also for telling everyone about my bathroom situation, which um, b- 
ba- there are multiple bathrooms, so they don't all have to be tip top <laughs> shape. <laughs> <laughs> fixtures can- are in. Fixtures are in now, though, right? Uh, oh yes. wow! Fixtures are in there in the one down, the one on the main floor. There's no light fixture right now, but it is ordered it's in the sunroom at the moment just hanging out ready to meet do you think we deserve do you think the listeners deserve to know about the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) do you think we should fill them in on what the situation was yes go just do it greg when did you buy your house uh, this information is public so 2017 and when did the issue start what issues are you talking about? The, the toilet. When did the oh, toilet? Oh, that it would just sort of run? Yeah. Uh, 19? Something like that. Okay. So, friends, Grek has a toilet that would just run constantly. And Grek being All the, the, time. the frugalman that he is <clears throat> said, I got to turn the water supply off, which he <laughs> did. But because he had a broken toilet, he didn't think, I need to replace the toilet he instead said i'll just keep the water off unless guests come and then maybe maybe i'll tell them that they need to turn the water back on and when i say on and off like you know there's the little the little knob at the bottom of the toilet that you twist and we are in the year of our lord 2023 and grek this year finally finally replaced his toilet in yeah. fairness, uh, several of those years were COVID, where it, people in the house know about this little little quirk and feature. And second off, I never Fe- invited feature. Feature. I never invited you over. You weren't a guest. I didn't want you here. You invited yourself, and I'm glad you had to touch the toilet. I don't have. I don't have a problem twisting the knob. No one touches that. The point is. Four years. It wasn't four years. <laughs> it was four years. And also, dear listener, I, I did uh, try a different inside the, the toilet flap thing, but it didn't work. So that didn't stop it. I tried so, one thing and I was Yeah, all, and like, then you were done like, for four years. And it's not like toilets are that expensive. They're not expensive. Over the course of that many years, you could have. It worked for us during COVID. It was, it was less water. And no toilet spent. That's money to your 401k. All right. Next up from the Mopoleaf. <laughs> Lastly, yes, that's a word. And yes, it's used grammatically correct here. The Mopoleaf, no, it's not. Because you said first, next, it should be last. <sighs> now that the football season is upon us, there's going to be more sports talk within the sports podcast. How soon until the pod recording time length is longer than the played game? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, on pace. Right now. we're on pace. God help us. But if it ever gets there, Susan, don't worry. I will be out. And with it, uh, I will. That's, that'll save you 45 minutes right there just in stories. So uh, That was a very good story, though. Yeah. Next up, Sharpford. Second I'll question. Throat, which big? No, we already got that. We got no, that one. Which Big Ten football? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, next up is uh, Prop Bet of the Week. Sacks on the season. We had 29 last year versus number of snaps played the first game before someone sustains a devastating season ending. Jesus injury. Christ. I can't, I can't choose that. Oh Lord. Over. Over, over, on, over on both. Over on both. Well over on both. Yeah. All right. Next up is Neurotic Pants. This week, Tuck reprimanded after promising the spark. Oh my God. Spark. We, we get a, we, the TV show is back. Season yeah. whatever. All right. 
Tuck reprimanded after promising that Spartan football players would arrive to the woodshed in limousines for every game. Izzo is confronted by Lupe and Stevie. He still hasn't left his office since the end of the season. <laughs> quote, I have a shower and a live-in cook, end quote. I mean, this is the kind of content that people stick around this long. Uh, With the, the writer's strike. To listen to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Next up. From Mr. Neurotic Pants, dear Princess Man Bitch, <laughs> which of my tweets constituted bullying? Well, not this one. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Princess. That's for damn sure. But this is good. <laughs> man, man Bitch is a good word. I don't know what to say. If we ever go on a Patreon, you can share the one insult that you crafted up uh, walking down the quad. Um, oh, God. Yeah. That's- uh, next up for Mr. Neurotic Pants. <laughs> Will we see any Spartans take flea flickers to the house? I think Jay's got to retire for a season, right? Oh, really? To make it its, uh, its big make comeback? It special again? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Mm. Mm. But maybe. Mm. We'll call it one. All right. Uh, All right. Last up, Arbiter Guy. How. How Gabe Brown doing overseas? Well, good. Better better than your grammar. <laughs> Where is he playing? Who cares? I think okay. he's, is, he in, is he in Israel? Italy? Israel? Czech hey, Republic? Gabe Brown is in the Italian League. Ah, Italy. Little, 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 little. Could be worse. That's for sure. Ah, um, great. Next up, our protector guy asks, can Plum Alex do a limerick about me? Ah, indeed. Indeed, I can. <clears throat> An asshole whose name is synonymous with dumb tweets that generate animus. But because he's never been seen in the nosebleeds being mean, we're convinced that his handle's not eponymous. Well done. Well done. Uh, Can you spell out eponymous for our cannot read and cannot read audience <laughs> to, uh, to look up as as required reading? Uh, Last up from the Abductor guy, who will be the starters in all three phases for game one? This is segment fishing, and we'll get to it <laughs> before the first game, we assure you. Uh, Noah yeah. Kim, though. I'm going Noah Kim. Noah that's Kim, for my, sure. That's, that's yeah. my prediction. Yep. Noah for Brez. Uh, Noah for right. Brez. Gentlemen, this was fun. We want to thank Dan again for coming on to do his Green and Spite preview. Did uh, a good sport about it. Yeah. Uh, was indeed actually a pretty good sport about it. You can follow him on Twitter at Thick Stauskis. That's thick with two Cs. Uh, though he's protected, so you know you got to get his approval. Anyway, uh, guys, until next week. Go green. Go it. Go it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Priceline. 